Hello, and welcome to Mean Street News as we join Karen and Katie to discuss hard truths in Ohio politics today. We want to empower you with the knowledge you need to become informed citizens ready to engage Ohio politics in your community and beyond. It's time to mean what you say and say what you mean. Here on Mean Street News, we practice the transparency we seek. Hello, everyone. Today, it is just Karen and I here on Mean Street News. Uh, how you doing today, Karen? Just living the farm life dream. Oh, you weren't going to say mother trucking dream? <laughs> I thought it'd be a, a time to be appropriate today. I put and, that in her thing to see if she would say it. <laughs> <laughs> not, not saying it. Not, not busted. We've already been yelled at for being inappropriate and having curse words in our... Oh, get over it. Anyways, we also use the trucker sometimes. Anyways, I'm so excited for today. We are discussing something Karen um, has been actually yelling at me about for about, what do you say, Karen? Two weeks, maybe more? At least, maybe more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. maybe. I'm a squirrel with a nut. Shiny things distract me. So... <laughs> All right. Well, Katie did an amazing job. Thanks for taking us through Informed Ohio. So we, um, not we, she started uh, Informed Ohio. And you can find that at meanstreetoh.com backslash informed dash Ohio. Or you can look for the tab on our meanstreetoh.com website. And she read the bill. And so I just kind of wanted to go through and um, uh, we'll release the PowerPoint later. We look like moms today, but um, (laughs) we, I created, we created this uh, highlighting system. So Katie and I could understand. And so remember in our globalization of Ohio schools, we did this highlighting system where we talked about the plan, the funding and the partnership. And so I just kind of wanted to go through that and talk about um, what the Backpack Scholarship Program does. It establishes uh, the educational savings accounts beginning in 24-25. It requires the treasurer of state to administer the program um, as part of the plan. Um, and, go so ahead. the treasurer of state is going to have other administrative responsibilities yes. under this bill. Yes. So we're talking about plan funding and then community partnerships. So the plan is to create the Backpack Scholarship, right? Programming in 24-25, establish a website, including information about the educational savings account or ESAs and those non-public schools participating in it and to update it annually and to require the ODE to provide a link to that treasurer's website. So that's the plan. So now the funding piece gets kind of uh, tricky here. So um, it, it, it talks about the treasurer contracting with an entity. And Katie and I are going to get into that today. Um, Contracting with an entity to establish ESAs in accordance with the bill. So who is going to be that contracted entity? We will get into that. Um, Contract other instruments necessary for goods and services. Goods and services. Goods and services. Um, And then employee necessary personnel where is that funding coming from for additional staffing necessary to provide this and 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 engage in this program and then to engage engage in services um that um are necessary to uh you know the program so consultants actuaries fancy word for professionals that do statistics um measurements and management of risk and uncertainty auditors counselors managers trustees and any other contractor or professional needed for professional and technical assistance or advice so it sounds like a great opportunity for uh, a slush fund if you ask me but that's in my opinion yeah. my um opinion. Uh, community partners, uh, now I've highlighted in that purple, and it talks about um, stakeholders in state agencies, stakeholders in state agencies, mainly ODE, but could be any state agency according to this language necessary to establish the accounts and to disperse the, the funding. Um, 
And then those contracted to provide goods and services, goods and services, those contracted to provide professional and technical assistance and or advice. And then we have the partnership kind of regulatory oversight now where it ensures that all expenditures are above board and qualify as eligible and determines penalties for fraud. So those are all under the um, duties of the treasurer here in the backpack scholarship, the ESA accounts. That's a, well, and I think that it's, uh, you know, it, it takes, it's going to take an army to do all of that. So let's kind of talk about the impact of that. Um, and what your thoughts are here? Well, my thing is it, the treasurer will administer the program. Yeah, qualifies the student for an educational savings account if the student's parents applies to participate. Now, if you talk about money, you're getting fifty five hundred dollars for for grades K through eight. You're getting seventy five hundred for grades nine through twelve. I, I just want to point out here. I love that it's an opt in. When they they want us to apply mm-hmm. for money, but it's an opt out when they want us want to data mine our students' data. So hmm. Hmm. that's interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like you have to opt out of FERPA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. It also excuses the uh, HB uh, HB eleven. Just a couple other points. It excuses a child from attending school under the absentee compulsory act, whatever it is. Um, subject areas uh, supervised and directed by the child's parent instead of from a qualified person for homeschooling. Um, if the student enrolls in the district, he or she will be placed in a grade level that sets school policy. And then it repeals the Ed Choice and the Cleveland Scholarship programs on July 1st of 2024 because this bill would then just replace it. So it's not like, oh, it's repealing something. It's just honestly just replacing it. It would be. Well, and I find interesting. So this would be how they pick up homeschoolers. Well, yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of, because they would be giving the homeschoolers a a, a grant, basically. An incentive. They, they, they would she means pick up homeschoolers by data. Yeah. That's what she means, because yeah. now we're a big question mark. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, th- that's what I'm saying. They they would be able to now data mine homeschoolers by incentivizing them with uh, the state funding. Yeah, but I was looking into that more on HB 11, if you go on Informed Ohio and the fiscal analysis, and it goes into like, you're going to have to provide like receipts as a homeschooler. So homeschool families, if you just think that they're going to give you this money, Oh, no, no, I don't no. think I don't think homeschoolers ever thought that that they or, or even ever wanted the money. I just find the language very open ended and kind of interesting. Yeah, and it's gonna. I, well, I just wanted to let them know though too. It's gonna be really strict to get a reimbursement from the state. You're going to have to provide receipts and verification of what you're doing. So it's not like you just apply and they say, hey, yeah, no problem. No, no, no you're going to have to pay for it up front, as we always mm-hmm. do, and then reimburse yep. on the back end. Okay, yep. that's interesting. It's a proof, proof of funds. Well, and I think we've been kind of talking about, you know, Ohio's not set up like any other uh, state that is passing this school choice, the the educational savings account or expanded school choice. So yeah. I, uh, you and I struggled to understand this. So I just kind of took some uh, screenshots from the Ohio Department of Education, and um, we, you know, kind of went through it. So when we heard Sidden's testimony, when we went through her her testimony, we we heard that there are 1.6 million children enrolled, school-age children enrolled in Ohio schools. So she said the vast majority. So let's talk about the vast majority, Katie, as you were kind of diving into some of these bills. Six this week about like, you know, what it is. And don't quote me like 100%, but I will put the reference up. I think believe it was like 92% of the vast kids majority. Are, are in public school. And that's not even bad. That's like the vast majority. That's the majority. Right, right. And so we kind of wanted to, you know, we were told charter and, and community school were synonymous. And we were like, I, I don't think so. Um, no. we, we had questions. So I kind of, you know, kind of grabbed this information from the uh, Ohio Department of Education, just so her and I could keep it straight and we could refer back to it. So I thought, hey, let's talk about this with 
you know, all of you who are struggling to understand these bills and these concepts. Cut you off, but this will help you kind of for our next episode as well and understanding yeah. the difference as well. This is kind of like a pretext to our next show. Yeah. So, so community charter schools, Ohio's community schools, um, they are public, non-profit, non-religious, and they receive state and federal funding, but they're independent of traditional school districts. Okay. That's a community charter school. Now, when we talk about chartered non-public or private schools, they are a chartered non-public school. It's a private school that holds a valid charter issued by the State Board of Education and maintains compliance with operating standards for Ohio schools. And these are not supported by local and state tax dollars and require the family to pay tuition. So chartered non-public or private schools. And they are eligible for administrative cost reimbursement, programs, um, auxiliary uh, service programs, and transportation services for students. So when my district denied, uh, you know, transporting my kids out of the district, then by law, they had to reimburse me for doing that myself. That's all that means. Um, And so then the non-chartered, non-taxed, parochial, I think I'm saying that right. I can't say that word either. (laughs) Religious schools. Um, non-chartered, non-tax supported schools, and they are because they truly hold religious beliefs and they must certify annually in reporting to parents that the school meets the Ohio operating standards. And um, this kind of gives some links for uh, what those standards are. And then the um, department sponsored schools they they are sponsored by the Office of School Sponsorship. And we kind of talked about this and, and said, well, we think that these are probably the um, academic distress schools, right, that are that are yes. taken over by the state. And yes. they're sponsored by the Office the of School. Not to cut you off, but beginning of community, community schools. True community schools, right. Mm-hmm. Um, they're taken over by the Office of School Sponsorship um, by the Ohio Department of Education, and they have a direct sponsor of community schools. So the oversight and accountability is, you know, to the Office of School Sponsorship and the Ohio Department of Education directly. And they say their mission is to um, provide oversight and accountability and high quality education to Ohio students. So then, of course, we have our homeschooling who are exempted from compulsory uh, education requirements under the law. And then we have scholarship vouchers, which right now she talked about uh, the expanded ed choice would do away with this Cleveland scholarship and tutoring program, which we'll get get into that more. But um, right now, Ohio provides vouchers to private schools for students attending low performing public schools. So those would be the schools that the state came in and took over because they were doing so poorly. Um, And those scholarships are for families considered low income and or students with learning disabilities. So those would be right now who qualify for those scholarships. Except the exception of Lorraine City Schools, who is weirdly getting back their local control. So that's the one school district under both of these bills that is exempt. That's actually exciting to hear. Mm-hmm. So so the fiscal notes for... Um, is, is the- um, Let me jump in right here. The fiscal notes. Now, the state expenditure of House Bill 11, the actual backpack bill... Would be the state would increase about one point one three billion dollars in fiscal year twenty twenty five if they have all one hundred eighty five thousand four hundred newly eligible non public students take a scholarship under the bill. Now, when they say only one hundred eighty five thousand four hundred, it's because it's based on disadvantaged people, right? That one hundred twenty thousand dollar limit for the family of four. Yeah. This likely be uh, less do not everyone qualifying. And for every 1% of newly eligible non-public students that do not participate, the program costs decrease by an estimated $11.3 million an- annually. So that's this, where we're talking about the, what, 350, 400% of federal poverty level yes. change under, okay. Yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. So you want to explain that a little bit? Yeah, under the expanded ed choice, that's, you know, we saw all the articles about federal poverty level, FPL, 
uh, the percentage. And it used to be 250. 50. Yeah. And now it's gone up to 350. 350. 350 or 400% of the federal poverty line. And that under the expanded ed choice, that's, you know, we've talked about where we're seeing that, you know, great increase between the old scholarship, 250, 300, uh, and, and now 400%. Yeah. So family and four. Under expanded ed choice. Yes. Yes. We have to could make up to one hundred twenty thousand and still be eligible for the Ed Choice Scholarship. Yes, but they're talking about one hundred and eighty five, one hundred eighty five thousand four hundred students taking advantage of the backpacks, the backpack. Yes, scholarships. So okay, they would now be qualified under that GDP of four hundred percent. Okay. This will allocate also $5 million on top of the $1.13 billion to the Treasurer of Ohio to create a system for the backpack bill. All those administrative needs that Karen was talking about previously. And now, to contract with an entity, right? To contract yes. with it. Yeah. Yes. To kind of, well, kind of. It's those administrative duties as well. Set up a system, set up checks. But wouldn't your vendor do that? That's like that's kind of well, a yeah. I mean, it it, it states, it, you know, when I was looking at the um, you know, analysis, it says any uh, execute contracts for other instruments for necessary goods and services. Contract with an entity to establish ESAs in accordance with the bill. So any means necessary. I mean, they're they're given unfettered what like whatever you need. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. The transportation costs would slightly increase. However, schools could offer, like you said, in payment of lieu, which would be would not be a high cost because what did they really give you for transporting your kids? A couple hundred bucks? Yeah, two fifty per kid. Yeah. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't terrible. I mean, I'm not complaining. But now with the cost of gas, like, whew, you know. Mm, that's, <laughs> that's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the problem here? The backpack bill is not in the budget bill. Oh, how do we know that? Well, oh, we're going to let you listen to uh, our our tiny tyrant himself. Point yes. of it. Surely you must celebrate Joe Thomas going into the Hall of Fame. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Governor, I asked you on yesterday because I read your budget message, and I'm going to be candid with you. I'm disappointed. Uh, Arizona, Iowa, Utah have gone to universal school choice. You proposed expanding school choice in Ohio, but not the backpack funding where every student could make their own free choice of where to go to school. Why stop the momentum? This is a pretty uh, expansive plan that we put forward to. Uh, we've taken a, a family of four earning uh, up to $120,000 a year is now going to be eligible. So it's a big expansion. Uh, we continue to expand it. Uh, frankly, we've got to make sure that... Um, the uh, the supply and demand uh, are, are somewhat in aligned, uh, and we've got actually choices for these families to make. So we're, uh, you know, getting criticized by uh, some people who don't like school choice. We like school choice. We think it's a, a very, very positive thing. The other thing we've done in regard to our uh, charter schools, our high-performing charter schools, uh, we started something uh, when I became governor. Uh, and that is additional funding for the, for the high quality charter schools. And this is in response to requests from business leaders in, in some of our major cities who say, look, we want to attract, uh, you know, high quality charter schools here, or we want to expand the charter schools that we already have. Uh, but, uh, we, you're, you're not paying enough money. So we've dramatically, uh, increase the funds for that as well. So, now, Governor, don't get me wrong. It's better than most, but it's not as good as some. And I want Ohio to lead. And what I'm afraid of, you're, you're considered one of the most successful governors in the country. You won overwhelming re-election. You've done a lot of great things for Ohio. But we got momentum on freedom, meaning that parents are going to be able to send their kids wherever they want, including public schools. And it's building in Iowa, Arizona. It's going to pass in Utah this week. It's going to happen in other states. And everyone was looking to Ohio as being the first sort of major uh, industrial center, w one that needs to attract uh, parents to go work at Intel factories that you're opening up outside of Columbus. I don't think it's enough because you're still picking winners and losers. You're helping the poorest kids, and that's good. And you're helping the most excellent kids, and that's good. 
But what about the parents who just want to get their student out of a middle, a mediocre public school that's got ideology in it? You're not letting them out. Hugh, we got to balance our budget too. In Ohio, we're not uh, we're not the federal government. We can't run deficit spending, uh, and so you know we're taking this. We're moving it up. It's a dramatic. It's a dramatic move. Uh, you know, one hundred twenty thousand dollars. Everybody below that, any family below that, family of four is is eligible for this for this money. So. Uh, look, I have a responsibility to all the people, <clears throat> people of Ohio to make sure that we've got a, a balanced budget, that we're moving forward, and that when these things are offered, that there's enough schools actually out there uh, that can that can take take these kids. So, well, there's a demand uh, signal. I, I guess I disagree with you. We're, we're, we're moving. And if you look at some of the other states, frankly, that are saying they're doing it, they're phasing their in. There's Iowa is phasing it. Saying, I, I wouldn't mind a phasing, but governor... I saw in your budget message that you said you're going to give $5,000 to students to go to Ohio universities. That's picking winners. Why not put that money into more school choice so that kids can get out of high school ready to go to work? Or Again, I'm just concerned about the freedom of parents and students. We're doing a lot. You're talking about, uh, you know, choices. We have dramatically increased um our, our our career tech in the state of Ohio we've got kids now who are uh in high school uh who are taking a career tech path uh so it wasn't just uh, increasing funds for kids who want to go to college we want more options and and what we did you talk about kids who go into college yes we gave them choices and i don't know if it's picking winners or losing losers we have 75 private schools colleges in the state of Ohio we have 14 public institutions. They get to choose from all of those. We give them basically a voucher uh, for five thousand dollars and say, you know, you're gonna you can apply this to 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 any school in the state of Ohio. So again, that that is choice. It's all. Uh, but now, Governor, hey, follow this. You're, you're a smart it's guy. All, it's, all, it's also choice when a kid is in high school and decides they want to go into into career tech. And making those the best uh, that we have in the country is what we're what we're doing to give them more choices. So it's that's all about that's all about choice. But Governor, you're missing the middle. I mean, my point of view is when you give five, you've got a budget. You put five thousand dollars in the hands of every college going student. You're taking five thousand dollars out of the hand of someone in the middle who doesn't qualify under the poverty test or the four times poverty level test and who isn't going to go to college. So you're picking the winners. The excellent students are going to go to college. You're helping the people who are farthest behind, the people at the lowest end. And you're missing the middle. And the key part of it from a national perspective is that Ohio could have made this domino fall. I mean, when. Arizona led, and first it began Florida and West Virginia, then Ducey put it everywhere, then Iowa joined on, then Utah joined on. Now everyone's looking at Ohio, and all of a sudden Mike DeWine throws up you know, a three-yard screen pass. If you think this is a three-yard screen pass, I think you and I have a different understanding of football. This is, uh, this is about 60 yards down the field, and it's a very good, uh, very good play. So <clears throat> if you look at everything we're doing, uh, more, more choice. The other thing that we're doing to, uh, and this, this makes a big, big difference. Uh, you know, we're now going, uh, to, when you look at the reading and how kids learn to read, we, we're finding, uh, that some of the schools are still, uh, you know, light years back. And so we're, you know, we're returning for those schools. We're telling them you need to return to phonics. You need to get to the basics because this is how kids learn. And it's uh, it, it, there's absolutely no no doubt about that. So, but you know, governor, you you've got a super majority. You can do whatever you want. If the legislature sends you backpack funding that's universal, would you sign it? Hugh, Hugh, if we could afford if we could afford it this year, we would do it. I'm just going to tell you something again, and and you know, uh, if you look at Ohio, you know, we're very open, we're honest, we're saying this is what we're doing. If you look at what other states are doing, that's great. They passed they they passed a backpack and they're phasing it in. So we are you know we are ahead of many of those states that you're you're giving credit for uh, for a backpack. We're already ahead of them, and we're moving further ahead with with, with this budget. 
Uh, and the reason I would I, I would contend that that's not an accurate depiction, Governor, and I want to give you the floor, is that Iowa is taking four years to make sure the dislocation at the public school level is not enormous. Arizona moved immediately. But you're next. And if you compare Ohio's system, it's picking winners and losers as opposed to saying we're moving towards universal choice. And I understand that there are some rural districts. I talked to Matt Dolan about this. I imagine he and Bernie Marino and Frank and everybody else who runs for Senate will talk about this. But I go back to my question. If the legislature passes backpack funding, would you sign it? Well, sure, sure. But it's got, you know, we've got to be able to balance our budget. And we've, and we've got to be able to uh, make sure kids actually have real real choices out there. So, uh, again, <clears throat> this is semantics. I think we're ahead uh, of these states. We've been moving towards school choice. Every budget that we've had, uh, this one takes it, <clears throat> excuse me, a, a, a quantum leap forward. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're, we're doing very, very well in that regard to, to, to the choice. I hate to be the what have you done for me lately guy, but I am the what have you done for me lately because I followed Education Ohio for a long time. And when I go back to the Catholic school systems, of which you're very well aware, they got capacity. They got desks. All they need is five, six thousand dollars per student and they'll educate them. And we don't need to give five thousand dollars to students who are going to go to school. I mean, some of the schools that are going to get that five thousand dollars got huge endowments, right? It's choice, though. Uh, you're, what you're saying is, I don't want these, this kid uh, to to have choice. It's what it's going to mean when you talk to the college presidents, when you talk to the admission officers in Ohio. It's going to mean there's kids who want to go to college, ha- have what they need to go to college, can't afford to go to college. This is going to be a significant boost. Uh, to those kids. So, you know, you're you're arguing against choice. You know? No, I'm arguing for you know what, do, fix the middle first. I'm saying universal freedom for everyone at high school and then worry about later if you've got the money for a college scholarship. But, Governor, you're doing a great job. So what do you think about that? Dramatically increases funding for the charter schools. Momentum building for school choice with backpack bill. He says he's we're missing the middle. I agree with Hugh Hewlett. That was a mm-hmm. uh, interview between DeWine and Hugh Hewlett. We're, we're missing the middle. Um, but they are, they are picking winners and losers and continue to partner with these indoctrination stations. Um, but what about the parents that want to get out? What about them? What about them? Well, DeWine's main focus is a balanced budget is the issue. And I, I I can see what he's talking about here. You want to put another $1.16 billion in the education system. Um, that's an issue. But what I really want to focus on here and what Karen and I think is, think is the biggest issue here is listen to what De- DeWine says in this interview, supply and demand. And we want to make sure there's school. Actually, they have the schools to, you know, transition to. We think there's not enough schools out there to take these kids in. I I honestly believe there's not enough charter, non-public, private for the actual choice that they are thinking about giving. Yeah, it's a phase in. I was phasing it in. And what we found highly interesting was the mention of the $5,000 for students going to Ohio universities, as in Ohio colleges, because in this uh, bill, it would, uh, they'd be able to roll it over. So at age 20. No, no, no. He meant meant $5,000 for actual the Ohio university which is, I'm questioning where that's coming from. Oh, see, I interpreted it as Ohio universities for our Ohio students to stay in Ohio. Oh, no, that's why he talked about they got endowments. Well, we're talking about charter schools that are getting, or or parochial schools that are getting endowments. I think that's why you brought up, no, he said just like that $5,000, and that's why they're not getting the endowments. And... That makes sense. And he said the Ohio State University. He didn't say Ohio Universities. He said OSU. Ohio. Oh, which okay. remember you brought up the CCP plus program. Yeah, college. Yeah, yeah, college program plus, and and maybe that's what you know we're talking about here. But he goes that. on to say that what have you done for me lately? Catholic students <laughs> have the capacity and desks, and some of the schools that got that five thousand funding have endowments, like we said. 
and, you know, uh, dramatically increasing our career cap. So kids now who are uh, taking career tech paths, more options, we, we, you know, we gave them, you know, more, we gave them more choices. So 75 private schools in Ohio, 14 public schools that can apply to this. So high schools want a career tech. What, what are they, what are we missing here? What, what is, what is going on? So are we picking winners and losers? Well, and that's a national perspective, which I love how he said is Arizona, which we've been saying led the leading here is Arizona. And I know that we, we just mentioned they have some problems with the educational savings accounts being Too you know, just rolled out. Well, Too I think expensive. they have a, a supply and demand issue. They don't they have the demand without the supply. And I think that's what Governor DeWine is leading towards more of a phase in here because we don't have the supply for the demand. Well, and- I've heard a lot about the Barney Charter Initiative and, you know, but there the Hillsdale motto is not taking any of the state or federal money because they can maintain the con- control of the curriculum and the vendors and all the things. Once you once you accept the money, you accept the framework. Right. So, and and they're all sponsored by who? The ODE. <laughs> There or or the do I mean we don't know the director well, of education and workforce do because then he can you know fully reign yeah but, but will we have school choice will we have school choice if we have a director or of education the appearance of school choice that's yes illusion of choice illusion so. of choice. So he went on to talk about like the science of reading. And I know you and I have had some conversations about this. So what are your thoughts here on the science of reading? I know you and I have had conversations about it before. (laughs) What science? (laughs) Like, I would like to know. Well, my whole thing is what science? Yes, it's a it's a multidisciplinary set of peer reviewed. We have uh, psychology involved. We have teaching involved. Uh, who else do we have involved? Neuroscience, I think they said. They're saying phonics, and I think that that's a lie, Karen. That's a lie. Oh, that is a great uh, lie. It is not phonics how you and I had phonics. Right. Correct. I, I, I truly believe that. I, I don't. Right. It's a it's a redefining or, or, or re, uh, you know, recycling uh, use of phonics. But I, I agree with you. It's not it's not the phonics that, you know, was taught to. Uh, my 2015 graduate when she was in, uh, you know, elementary school. And actually, she went to a charter school because the school district wouldn't accept her early. And it was a struggle. And so we opted for a charter school for a couple years for her because I was like, I, she's ready. I'm not I'm not going to argue about it, you know. So what uh, what do we want to talk about? We want to go on to talk about the expanded ed choice bill and um, you know, what, what the expanded ed choice bill is going to bring. We want to go on to expanded ed choice and what that ed choice bill is going to bring. So I want, um, now we're talking about Senate bill 11 versus the backpack bill. We're talking about expanded ed choice. So I want Katie to kind of get into that a little bit. Okay, so the expanded ed choice um, expands the eligibility for educational choice scholarships to all students beginning the 2023-2024 school year. It ceases operation of the pilot project scholarship program on July 1st, 2023, and it increases the amount of homeschooling expenses that a taxpayer can claim as an income tax credit each year. It goes from $250 to $2,000. And it entitles the act, the Parent Educational Freedom Act, which then um, allows non, you have to help me, it's non-chartered, non-public schools and um, private schools to be eligible for the scholarship program. Um, the EdChoice Scholarship Program operates statewide in every school district except Cleveland to provide scholarships for students who are, one, assigned or would be assigned district school building that has persistently low academic achievement, um, known as traditional or performance-based EdChoice. Um, two, are from low-income families, known as income-based EdChoice expansion. Or three, meet one of the other prescribed eligibility criteria students may use 
scholarships to enroll in participating charter non-public schools. So basically, they're opening the scholarships to enrolling participating charter non-public school students. Now we go next, and when you look at the PowerPoint that we have and that we will upload, um, public transfer students, you will have about 10,000 more students entering the um, eligibility market for these scholarships. And it would cost the state a total of $59.7 million in 2024 and $58 million in 2025. The average reduction in foundation aid per pupil is $6,000. And the total change, if all these students were to accept this EdChoice scholarship, would be $68.5 million to public school systems. They would lose about $8.8 million each. Annually. Each annually. Yeah. Yeah. So so when you talk about public transfer students, like are we talking public to public? Like public to private. Public to public private. To private. Okay. okay. Yeah, public to private, public to the non chartered, non public okay. schools. So here it's uh, non-public uh, students, the new state responsibility, um, 90,476 uh, non-public, which they're saying, you know, are eligible. But the public transfer students, they see about 10 percent, so 10,000, um, which total scholarships would be, I think, oh, sorry, non-public students that are now the responsibility of the state. I'm sorry, I'm saying this wrong. Non-public students, new state responsibility. They would they would bring in ninety ninety thousand private school students. Then okay. public transfer students would be ten thousand three hundred twenty. About that would be eligible for the scholarship from public to private. The total scholarships awarded then would be a hundred thousand. The scholarship cost for the non-public students, the new state responsibility, would be five hundred thirty six point four million dollars. The scholarship cost for public transfer students is fifty nine. So what they're saying in the top, the scholarship costs for the non-public students, our new state responsibility is $536.4 million to acquire these non-public students into the funding of our... Okay, so to incorporate these uh, private school and homeschool individuals that qualify under the expanded ed choice. Okay. Yes. That are already in that system. And I know 45,000 of those are homeschool. Okay. Just because I was looking at stats this morning. I'm not just genius. <laughs> you, are, <laughs> you are. You are. You are a genius. Okay. So uh, we wanted to uh, kind of um, play this clip and then kind of like have a conversation about it. Love you, John Cross. You would walk in here and have the guts to tell us that we have a mediocre budget, that you ask for school choice that's going to cost us billions of dollars, but then make a snarky comment that we're spending more money. Wouldn't we be better off taking some money in our budget to fix the schools and fix? Because I tell you what, I really like my public schools. I really am proud that Carson and Connor, my son, goes to Kenton City School and gets an education from there just like I did. So, Mr. Chairman, I think anyone's going to come testify before us. If you're going to walk up to the podium and make snarky comments and think we're doing a half-assed job, take yourself out of this room and walk somewhere else because it ain't going to get you anywhere. Now, we'll say that he has every right to be here to testify. Absolutely, he does. And I have a right to have this microphone on and tell him what I think. All right. All right. So, 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 So the question is... It's pretty. It's it's pretty uh, ballsy of you to sit here and say that we're, that we're spending a lot of money, but your your pro your pro choice bill is going to cost us how much more in the state government? How many more billions of dollars is it going to cost us to make sure Carson can go to Hard Northern Schools versus Kenton City Schools? Okay, or are we going to fix things? So I'd like to know how your billion-dollar plan is going to fix bad schools versus taking Johnny out of the bad school and putting him in a better school and not fixing the bad school. I'll let you answer that question Why I take another meeting. Through the chairman of the representative, uh, yeah, my understanding is the way that public committees – actually, I'll hold that comment. <laughs> I would hold it, too. <laughs> I would hold it, too. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to. So, so what's I'm, great is you yeah. mentioned he's the co-sponsor yeah. of the backpack bill. Yeah, thoroughly confused. I, I mean, is he having? Well, I think it's the cost. 
And yeah, he's cost. having buyer's remorse after, you know, it sounds great in theory. Listen, it sounds great in theory. It you does. know, fund kids, not systems. Yes. Totally agree with that. However, you know, capacity, as we said previously, um, Ohio does not have the capacity to service the amount of students who would want to change schools. And that's why we're doing this phase in via this expanded ed choice. Now, we are setting up a bill for like HB 11. Now, like we're, I, I don't think that HB 11 is never to come to fruition. I do. I think by setting up the educational savings accounts, and this is not the first time we've seen these accounts, these no. accounts started with the ACE program continuing in the ed expansion. Um, but DeWine and the other legislators have stated HB 11 as, I mean, at HB 11, these ACE program um, as a failure, that, a failure that came through in HB 110, but then they're putting these educational savings programs in HB 11. And is that now going to be a failure as well? Oh, well, I think it was him getting out ahead of the narrative for sure. Um, with, you know, our, our pal do and its sister bill in the house, Senate bill one and, uh, what is it? Uh, house bill 12. And, mm -hmm. um, it uh, really, you know, we have have I've been screaming about, you know, the system and about how it's set up Merit. and how <laughs> right vendors are coming in like Merit, a digital credentialing system. And this was, you know, like you said, set up through House Bill 110. We realized the last budget bill, all of this nefarious stuff came in. And so when we kind of broke the system, we kind of realized this systematically came in through the budget, right? That you would walk in here and have the guts oh, to tell us that we have a mediocre... We, we wanted you to hear that because a mediocre, a mediocre budget bill. Um, I don't think it's a mediocre budget bill. I just think that they're bringing in all of the things that we wish they wouldn't. Uh, their, their planning and funding pieces of this are, um, not so not matching up as far as in, in my opinion, their funding and planning piece aren't matching up in my opinion. And, and so I don't, I don't think it's a, a matter of good or bad funding. It is, but it isn't. It, it's a matter of, do we have the bills and do we have do we have good bills? And then are we going to fund those bills? And how are we going to do that? Why he said the excess of spending was a problem. Um, it's and not in the budget. It's not well. It's not in the budget. But also there is a uh, Ohio Coalition for Equity and Adequacy of School Funding that um, you know is already suing the state over these vouchers. And so um, and and it's at the Supreme Court. Um, yeah. and, and so I wonder if this will change that. It, it will get the state out of this voucher suit because now it has changed the way vouchers are working. Well, yeah, or, they're not doing what they're going to do under HB 11. Yeah. Well, but they wouldn't they have to resubmit yeah. because of the change in how the school vouchers are now operating? I would think so, wouldn't you? I would think. So just wanted to kind of draw people's attention to that, to that suit. Um, and, and, you know, continue on into uh, merit and why, you know, why we have been talking about this. The educational savings account currently exists in Ohio schools through the $500 after school uh, enrichment program. And mm -hmm. This after-school voucher program is for $500 scholarships for families who qualify. Now, you and I have talked about, do you really think they hired a company like Merit International in Corp no. to administer $500 scholarships no. for families who, who qualify? No, no, because they're only making um, even the cost of the fiscal years 22 and 23. It's $15 per user. They're making about $3.75 million. That's a billion-dollar company. No. Okay. And so well, soon to be billion dollar company the way it's moving. <laughs> well, and, you know, we just wanted to illustrate that, you know, 
Merritt's committed to ACE's program objective to increase learning opportunities for Ohio students, mitigating learning losses, and empower families with flexible solutions to create customized education solutions for the children. Now, that all sounds really, you know, very fluffy. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's uniquely positioned to partner with the Ohio Department of Education and stakeholders to create a new user friendly experience to match those families in the need, you know, that, that qualify for these educational service providers or educational activities, you know, these after school enrichment programs. Yeah. The QESPs. You're going to see that a lot. When you see QESP, that's qualified education service provider. Yeah. And so how, how, how does it, how does it really work? So the ODE, you go through, we go through their enrollment. You're, you, the person would enroll your kid to get this $500 grant. You'd set it up through an app. It's a cool, fun app. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's today's technology. So you'd go through the enrollment, eligibility verification, and funds would be awarded. If you go on to continue to the next slide, though, it actually shows you how the vendors, uh, reimburse based on if they are a qualified qualified educational service partner or if they're not. If they're not, an invoice has to be validating qualified approval shared through the ODE, I'm guessing. And then, and then it would be so so at that point you would have to provide a receipt. Yeah. Okay. But if they're so qualified QESP would be homeschoolers, yes. But but if they're qualified, hey, they're writing the check. Yes. They're signing it. They're cashing it. It goes yeah. right through the system, funds are released to the designated recipient immediately. So on on the EdSteps dashboard maybe? Hmm. They look very similar because if you go next, uh, Merrick does have a dashboard that they have to keep up with that I would like to discuss a little bit. If we go to the next slide, Merrick will maintain a dashboard of current program participation. Merrick will work with the Ohio OD to develop a list of data points needed to meet the state's reporting requirements. Merrick's customized reports can include the following details, the number of accounts created with the application, the number of accounts that were unable to complete account setup, total funds distributed, total verified purchases, list of purchases made, customized ad hoc reports upon request, which I wonder what those are, because there is a survey in here, by the way. No, of course. Merrick will assign, of course, right. Merrick will assign a unique Merrick ID number for all eligible students enrolled in the ACE program. As a part of Merit's reporting process, all documentation and comprehensive list of purchases made will be tracked for each account. Documents will be housed. Documents will be housed on Merit's platform and made available to the department as an annual reporting process or upon request of the department, which means all the data in here is who's, 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 property. Hmm. It, it's merits. <laughs> it's merit. Okay, so we want to we wanted to sh- kind of illustrate and share this audio we found on oh, the merit site. This is great. Karen, you got a first read. Read the sentence with it. Oh, okay. It. It'll be great. Merit is scaling human coordination through digital credentials to make the world a better place. Merit is the first and only platform that is solving human coordination by digitizing our verified identity. Attributes of our identity can be thought of as being in one of two buckets. Our declarative identity is made up of statements made about ourselves, which are taken at face value, and rely on us accepting those statements based on how much we trust the individual making them. But our verified identity is composed of statements made by trusted organizations. To accept those statements, we don't need to trust the individual, but the organizations. (laughs) With Merit, these organizations issue digital verified identity to individuals in the form of Merits. A single Merit on the platform can represent an achievement, a certificate, a license, or any other record or credential. Individuals accept merits, making them always accessible, dynamic, interoperable, and easily usable. Any person or organization can reliably and immediately verify an individual's information and provide access to jobs, services, goods, opportunities, and more, without the need for participation from the issuing organization, just the permission of the verified person. 
Merit connects organizations and individuals and provides real-world value across a network of verified identities. This means organizations can traverse a complex network of permission data to better serve individuals. Thousands of organizations and millions of individuals are already participating in Merit's verified digital identity network. Learn more about this network of truth and trust at Merit.com. Truth Merit. and trust. Truth and because trust. Because we are the government here to help you, right? Go um, back. Go back. Uh, so, so we've been talking about the digital ID. We're here is your digital credentialing service for your digital ID. It's going to make sure you are who you say you are because we can't trust you, the person we need to trust, big daddy government. Um, so here's your digital ID. The schools are already partnering with Merit to distribute the ACE program, like we said. So this is already here. And soon the expanded ed choice based on our theory Mm -hmm. which is the current backpack bill that's not going to pass this round because it's not in the budget bill, but it's going to be the expanded onto SB 11, which will be passed. But the fact that the treasurer has to choose the vendor to establish the educational servings account. Well, and our point is, is there's already an established contract. Yeah. Why wouldn't you just keep the same? Right. I mean, the, the, the treasurer has so much on his plate doing this. So why wouldn't he just add this on? Right. But my point is, even the ODE, if they if they keep the you know what I mean, if if they keep the expanded ed vouchers and they keep control of it. Right. If Senate Bill one and and uh, House Bill 12 don't pass and they keep control of it, they have an existing contract. Now, yeah. if the governor's office takes control of that under Senate Bill one and it's House Bill 12 contract. They still have an existing contract. And I don't think it's any accident that this company is, you know, as we were looking at it in, you know, one, the tech 100 of governmental agency, you know, technology BS. Oh, yeah. They're lining up everywhere. They're, so they're, who, they're into who, health. They're into mm -hmm, I mean, HHS. Everything. They partner with HHS. Government. They yep. partner with emergency management systems. They partner mm -hmm. with Experion credit systems, well, ESG. You just said it. Hold on. You just said it. Emergency management systems. I mean, guess what was in the new bill as well for the budget bill is emergency management system set up. So, so yeah, I mean, we workforce, we, development. workforce develop. We see this as a health pipeline, as a workforce development pipeline. Um, your digitaling, your federal digital credentials. Well, why is that, Karen? If you move forward a little bit, why is that? Why do we think that? Well, because uh, the the public records request asking the treasurer about this uh, backpack bill. Um, you know, I thought surely we would have had a the state house members sponsoring and co-sponsoring would have had a conversation with the treasurer's office. And I wanted to know what that conversation was. It's, it's a matter of public record. There are public officials and I've heard crickets. Um, I reached out to constituent affairs and I reached out to the economic development at the, at the uh, treasurer's office and heard nothing. nothing as of today, nothing as of today. So I'll follow with a phone call. I'll follow with a phone call and uh, report back. But right now, the uh, crickets, I haven't heard a thing. So, which tells me, all right, Merit's our guy. Mm -hmm. Well, and they'll so, probably tell you they can't tell you just because it's not a thing yet. You know what I mean? It hasn't passed forward. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I know they're going to say that, but we wanted to go even further and say like, hey, what are, what is Merit doing? Are well, they well, think real quick, you said emergency management. And if you look at we have a grant, we have a, a, a picture right here. Um, and it's from Merit's website. It's literally their homepage. It says emergency management, grants and scholarship, workforce development, and licensing and regulation. I think right? we've now, seen this somewhere before. I I feel like we have as well. But stand up against uh, educational savings account programs with ease while bridging the gap separating families and students from critical education funding. The workforce development, the lower portion, is lower unemployment and equip people with the necessary tools to get them back to via training workshops, uh, defined career pathways, and then licensing and regulation is digital licensing to facilitate reciprocity. Uh, I can't say the word. Reciprocity. Yeah. 
and provide a more access and value to credentials, which lead us to... Ed Choice! Ta-da! This is Ed Flippin' Choice, man. And this is our Ed Steps dashboard, right? I mean, this is what we were saying, our Ed Steps dashboard. So our Ed Steps dashboard talks about um, a guidance library with all of the people we need our one need, our one plan to get our uh, our, our assessment, our assessment to get our plan and the people to do it and the funding to get it done. So you know, if we go back to our merit, you know, we're talking about emergency management, we're talking about grants and scholarships, we're talking about workforce development, licensing, and licensing regulation, mm-hmm. and, it's and be your credentialing system for the EdSteps components. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, and what do we know about credentialing systems in education? Well, we know of the seals, the digital seals now for our good citizens. For our good global citizens. Come on. Yes. And um, so we kind of found an interesting example from Iowa. Of course, Iowa, because, you know, that's because where they have a choice and we do not. But yeah, I found this interesting. This uh, particular student learned about this bilingual seal and she, her native language is, is Spanish, by the way. So when she heard about this, she was ever so excited. And so what do they say, Katie? Well, which one do you want to start reading the whole? We'll just read yeah. the paragraph. Yeah. When Lucero Martinez first learned about the seal of biliteracy, she jumped the chance to be officially recognized as proficient in English and her native Spanish. She was awarded the certificate when she graduated from Amy's High School in 2020. When you have a certificate saying that you are bilingual, that gives the employer proof that you are bilingual, digital credential, then just saying you are. It's really helpful whether you are applying for jobs or school because you have to be a credential because you as a person are a liar. Martinez's alma mater the Ames Community School District is one of the 117 districts in the state to hand out the seal, which gives students an important distinction. Now, this one you need to pay attention to. In a global market, in a global market where people are liars, um, being biliterate is a big asset. And Stephanie Rosenberger-Wager and Iowa Department of Education consultant, students who are recognized for their biliteracy are a great advantage for both college and work. Because you have this credential, they're not going to actually listen to you and say that you're bilingual. Well, just and, and we it. trust AI. I mean, because AI is ever so much better at keeping your credentials and making sure you're telling than the truth. Than we are. Than, than yourself. Are. Than yourself. Right. You can't so. trust you. You're a person. Liar. Right. You liar. <laughs> liar. <laughs> um, you're not a good citizen. You you're not a good citizen. You don't have the seal. But that directly connects to Ohio graduation seals, seals now. And our, you know, addition of digitally credentialing and our artificial intelligence, you know, beyond uh, in the workforce, in the healthcare you know, realm with our partnerships with uh, Merit and HHS, our partnerships with Merit and with Emergency everybody. Management. Yeah. It's your digital ID credentialing system. And well, it's see- not just that, but they're they're connected to Experian, which is... How many geez. times Experian hacked my stuff, by the way? Like, right. you know what I mean? How secure yeah. is that? Right, right. So, I mean, all these fingers and partners in the pot creating a good global citizen with you know, artificial intelligence, ESG scores, you know, all the credentials that they can prove that you can do because you're a liar. You're a liar. You're human. You're you're a lying human. So I guess our takeaway here is that there's an existing contract with Merit via the ACE programs with the ODE. Um, it, the backpack bill not funded in the budget. No, not funded, which means it's not passing. Ed expanded Ed choice is the illusion of choice because we're just phasing in the backpack bill. Yeah, we're basically doing the backpack bill in the long term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're fa- we're phasing it in over. over we don't have the schools. We don't have the, we don't have the capacity. He's right. We we and we don't have yeah. the budget. He he. Yeah. They haven't figured out the budget to do that. Um, but again, I don't I don't think the you know the backpack bill. It depends on who again is merit administrating those educational savings account, and if they are, no, thank you. 
Well, even if they aren't, we know that there's other companies that are just like Mayor that are doing the same right. exact thing. Once again, people, this is the digital ID system. Globalization of Ohio's Globalization. education. Yeah. We're not crazy. Well, we are. We're conspiracy theorists. But I love the meme I saw today that said um, conspiracy theories that turned out to be true. <laughs> 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 we're those we're those tinfoil hat wearers and because well, if it looks like it just there's too much common in no offense they're telling you what they're going to do before they do it right and you know like we said if merit's not the vendor somebody like merit is. is right right so that's what i centralization I of information is the key here yes. and and certifying you as a person is the key here like you have cert- you have certified digital credentials certification for your digital ID. That's pretty much what these are. These seals are going to make you a certified citizen in the workforce and and beyond. Yeah. So we want to say thank you for coming along and listening to us today. Um, join us on MeanStreetOH.com. Join us at Coffee with Karen. Join us with uh, Katie's uh, Cocktails with Katie. Um, like our work, support our efforts, your support and contributions will enable us to continue to research and provide news. Your generous donations will fund our mission of an uh, informed citizenry. Check out Katie's Informed Ohio and find us at MeanStreetOH.com. And you can find Informed Ohio on there as well. Stay focused, Ohio. Thanks, you guys. Thank you for joining us on Main Street News today. If you would like to support our work, please go to www.meanstreetoh.com to donate. Your generous contribution will help fund our mission. Be sure to tune in next time on Main Street News, where we mean what we say and we say what we mean. Stay focused, Ohio.